Hi, hello, it's Vin. Thank you so much for listening to the Vin and Ali show. We've created something that we're really excited about and we want to share it with you. It's called Recalibrate. It's a 12-step process that helps you create more clarity and more alignment in your life. It's the exact approach that both Ali and I have been using to live happier lives and to achieve all of our wildest dreams in the last seven years. It's been crazy. Being one of our loyal listeners, we wanted to share a special something with you. Visit recalibrate.online forward slash Vin and Ali to access the course for 70% off. I hope you will check it out. Anyway, let's dive into this episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Vin and Ali show as we close out 2022. This is Chinwag number three, special podcast episode edition. Yeah. Look, I have to just talk about what happened before we jumped on to this podcast. So I I decided to join this stream 30 minutes early, getting all organized, thinking all my tech is fine. And then Ali tells me my mic doesn't work because it doesn't sound right. I change every single cable, the USB 3 cable. I change the power cable. I reset every device. And, And guess what the solution was? The computer just needed a reset. It was so annoying. Ah, oh, that was so that annoying. Final move. That was the final oh. move. We're about to give up. Was it meant to? Oh, that's that, that, Isn't that just a, such a great metaphor for life? It's the Sometimes of you like tapping the TV, like just giving it a little yeah. bang, and then that's the thing that finally solves the problem. I love it. Have you have you heard that Indian meme that went viral? Where is this Indian guy? Where he goes, uh, some sometimes just give up. Everything's effed. <laughs> just give in. Go home, sleep. You can't save the day. It's over. <laughs> I've seen that. I think I've seen his videos, and it's like this. It's sort of shaping up to be a really inspiring video. Yeah, yeah. It's like I started. I saw one the other day. It's like I started the year with seventy five dollars, and now I have twenty five dollars, and it's got this inspirational <laughs> music behind it. It was so good. Oh. No, but it, it just goes to show that little example that every now and then the day can't be saved. Just go home, go to sleep, reset the brain. Tomorrow's a new day. You know, it's we, it's we, it's one of those situations. Uh, we didn't do that though. We kept persisting. You changed every single day. Yeah, I did. You tried every move. I did. And then I hate that you came up with the solution. That yeah, really, really annoys me is that your, your whole, did you plug it in? <laughs> you know, it's, it felt like it was one of those. Did you plug it in, Vin? Oh, damn it. I didn't plug it in, for goodness sake. But hey, uh, nothing like a, a, a good kind of reset to remind you that you're a bloody idiot. And as you get older, you don't become more correct. You just get, yeah, you just get less wrong and you, you're still learning. You're still learning, Vin. It's <laughs> a great segue into the title of this episode of what have we yeah. in 2022 that we're still idiots. That's definitely one that I've learned is that, and, and you know what's fun, you know what's funny, Ellie, to start here, right? I've, uh, I've somewhat become of a social media influencer nowadays, you know, and, and, and thank, we need thank a round you. of applause. Um, round of applause, please. We need a sound effect. A, yeah, we need people screaming and then throwing flowers at me. But here's the thing so that I've, we're at I've the discovered. Point where we can have a producer now that you're that famous. Like, we don't- <laughs> yeah, yeah, we <laughs> should have a producer who just works. resets the computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. The Joe Rogan guy that sits there and like adds little fun facts. The Joe Rogan, his name's Jamie. His name's I don't Jamie. Listen to it enough, sorry. So I don't. Oh, know. Sorry, upsetting. Jamie. Apologies. Well, well, but but this is the point I was going to say is that 
there's this illusion that is created on social media that just because someone has millions of followers that they have all the solutions to the problems you have in your life. And it really bothers me. It really bothers me because every time I go on somebody else's live or I, I do a live uh, kind of Instagram session myself, it, there's this aura that's created where people seem to believe that I have all the answers there to their problems. And, and it's like, I, I don't even know how to reset a computer. Right. I, I didn't know how to just solve like the issues we just had, let alone try to help other people solve their life problems. But it's funny how we perceive people who have a large following to seem to have it all worked out. Cause it's just not true. We just we don't even Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're pretty good though. Like I come to you with a fair few problems and you generally solve most of them. So to all Ugh. of these million followers, I would highly recommend that you no, message more no, and don't. ask for more solutions. <laughs> what have <laughs> you <loves> done? <laughs> no, I don't love it because it's such a big responsibility. And and Ali, you've got to get closer to your mic, brother. You're too far from your mic. Come on, see? See, you've got, you got to be like right Sorry. next to your mic, Sorry. right next to it. See? see, you're just solving more problems right now. There we go doesn't change. No, but the, re- the reason why I bring that up is because every time I see people give life advice, it just kind of scares me a little bit because we've got to be so careful and I'm being more careful with it in that I don't know the person that's asking. If I don't know the person that's asking for me to share advice and talk about it as if it's the truth and the only way, I think it's really irresponsible. That's why, it, I don't know. Now with more followers, I feel more responsibility to always say, hey, look, I'm not a life coach. I don't know you. Uh, these are just friends sharing thoughts with each other. And that's what we're doing here on this podcast and this episode as well. These are just lessons we're sharing. And they're lessons that have helped us in our lives. Not necessarily going to help you at all. So you may question why you're even listening to this. But this is us as friends just sharing thoughts. I love it. I feel like this is our like legal disclaimer. Now, mm-hmm. before we say mm-hmm. it. it's brilliant. Yeah, we yeah. should be. You know how they do it in finance podcasts? It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah, this is it. I like it though. It's true. It's um I think with all information, you have to take it with a grain of salt. Sometimes it'll work, sometimes it won't. And there's no there's no real set formulas, right? Where it's mm. like, I'm gonna give you this bit of advice or share this bit of knowledge and it's hundred percent guarantee that it's gonna have an impact. There's a lot of other circumstances. Do you get a lot of that where it's like, hey, Vin, I just need three steps to do exactly what you've done in your life. Can you just please share those? Yeah, definitely. But but that's what I mean is that I'm now getting that hundreds of times a day, Yeah. right? And when my team and I sit down and we look through the DMs and we're trying to create a system so that we can be able to get back to the DMs where, you know, people will spend a lot of time writing that DM. We don't want to miss out on those too, because those make my day. Those inspire me, right? However, there, there are some that are just like, hi, you know, and, and we've just got to be super conscious of directing our time towards doing the things that will create more impact and meaning. And so much of it is just, what are the top three things? What are the, what are the, how can I change this in 30 minutes? And, and I think society is obsessed over easy. We want to do things that are easy. We want to do things that are fast. I want to lose weight in seven days. You know, I want to be able to build a successful online business in 14 hours. It's just everything is just, we want the hard and fast way to do something. And it just, quite frankly, doesn't really exist. Yeah. 
I feel like that's a targeted message, so I'll stop messaging you at least 30 times a day with that same question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Vin, just one top five tips to be on a podcast. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. You, First, preset your computer. <laughs> <laughs> St- sit closer to the mic. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, so anyway, I think a good segue into this is we look at 2022. One of the big mm. things, and you've kind of brushed over it, you've skipped forward a couple of steps. How many Instagram followers did you have on January 1st this year? Do you know? I think it was about 11,000. 11,000. And how many- Which took, and, and that, that, that took me, that took me from- I think about 2013, all the way up into it almost took me 10 years to get 11,000 followers on Instagram. That's awesome. But it's still like thousands are great. How many do you have to as we sit here? 1.1 million, about 8,000 away from 1.2. So what's that? Is that a 100x increase? Don't ask me about math. I have yeah, no idea. Like, like I literally have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. why you should listen to our advice. It's like it's somewhere between I think you're right. and X-Sync. I think you're right. I've got a calculator right here and, and let's just try it, okay? Because I, I want to do that. So 1.1 <laughs> million. How many zeros is that again? No, I'm kidding. Just, <laughs> uh, divided by 11. Actually, you're exactly right, Ali. That's unfreaking believable. That's unfreaking believable. I think it was actually quite easy. So I'm praising I you think for it was nothing. Quite but... simple maths. <laughs> <laughs> I've done two ridiculously intelligent things today: telling you to restart yeah, you the have. computer, and then just that little bit of um, mathematical genius. <laughs> just... Unreal. I'm so Top impressed. Three tips. Yeah. I know. Mm. Wow. Um, but that, that's pretty incredible, right? Like to have that. You pretty much shot up like Bitcoin um, a few years ago. What's that journey been like? And I think that would be really interesting for a lot of people out there, you know, just in terms of I'd love Thanks to hear from you, that. like how you navigated it, what you think, what you learned from that experience, some of the challenges that came from it. There's a few questions in there, so just jam on it. But I think it will be really interesting. Well, thank you for making this uh, episode all about me. I I, no, I, we, I, I like it. We start. I learned <laughs> nothing in 2022, so I'm just going to be directing it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Me, 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 me. Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think the first thing that I've learned from it is that, that that's kind of come to mind straight away is mm-hmm. the number of haters that have come through have been amplified. And that was probably one of the first things I realized as things started to scale up because you're getting attention from so many people now. And and that's why I sent you that Bruce Lee quote as I was reflecting on what to talk about in this episode. And the Bruce Lee quote is, I'm not in this world to live up to your expectations and you're not in this world to live up to my expectations. And that was a quote that really helped me navigate the haters and people who have different opinions. I feel like we live in a world now where we we want to exist in environments where everybody thinks exactly the same way we think. And then the moment somebody thinks something differently to, to you, it's almost like you're a white blood cell and you, you, you attack it immediately. You go, oh, no, this is bad. This shouldn't be in this environment. You, you shouldn't think this way. You should think the exact same way I think. And I started to see that at scale, though. That happened to the max where anytime someone else just slightly disagrees with you, they feel the need to jump on and almost attack you for it. 
Yeah. And at the beginning, when I, I first experienced this, I was like, oh, no, 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 it's okay. Hey, you you can have your thoughts. I can have my thoughts. We can still be friends. You know, it's, it, and, and to me, the metaphor that came to mind was, it's like, I love pizza with pineapple. You don't like pizza with pineapple. We don't have to start a war. You know, you can, you can enjoy pineapple. And, you know, it just, it, just, it just really felt like the environment online now is one where we all have to think exactly the same, same values, same beliefs. And it was just really gross. I really didn't like that. That's why the, 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 you were like engaging with it and making jokes. I was, <laughs> I was, Do you have I was, that and, stand and out as like a really funny, like that just you saw it and it just made you laugh. Or you're like, wow, this is next level. Well, it, it was a video. There was one video that I made. My videos that went viral was the record and review process. You know, record a video of yourself, watch it back, listen to the audio, just view the visuals, and then get it transcribed. So it was, it was a video on how to improve your communication skills. And then one of the comments was, I can't believe this stupid idiot. He should never have kids. And his kids, if he does have kids, his kids should never have kids. This kind of, and it was just the most hateful comment ever. And, and in the end, it was just, I will never do this process. This is the worst advice ever. And it, it was so toxic. Jeez. And, Bro, and I, I apologize was- for that comment multiple times. <laughs> I won't do it again. It's like, I just was having a bad day. It was- yeah. yeah. And, and um, it was, there was a lot of nastiness, right? And, yeah, and a lot of, a, it gets personal. And, and then there was a lot of comments on my appearance, right? So the way I look, the way I dress, uh, my haircut, you know, the classic funny one was, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I, I would never listen to a guy with a lesbian haircut. And then a, a, an actual lesbian came on and said, I am a lesbian and I approve his haircut. You know, and it was just like, what the frick is happening? And it was just, there was so much of that and it overwhelmed me at the start. Yeah. It, it actually impacted me quite negatively because I just went, oh man, I, I don't want to have, I don't want to share my views. I don't want to share my opinions because mm. sure, 90% of people get value from it, but this 10%, they're creating so much pain for me. But then that's, that's why, again, the Bruce Lee quote, right? It's that I, I started to really acknowledge that, hey, I'm not here to live up to your expectations and you're not here to live up to my expectations and it's okay for you to like pad thai and for me to like masamam curry and we can still coexist and be friends. It's okay. You know, and, and it was when I started to really solidify myself in that, that Bruce Lee quote and that, you know, I'm, I'm not here. You know, and then the other quote as well, a great one from theater is, if you try to please them all, you'll please no one. So I, I just, again, that, that part of us as human beings, I think, where we want to satisfy every single person around us, I, I've, I've kind of let that go. I've really let that go. I'm not trying to please everyone anymore. It's okay. And I think- I love the point one last thing you I'll- made there around, um, like, it's nearly like, the, it, it takes a fair bit of courage, I think, when you've got- those comments. I don't know people like, oh, I don't read them and I just ignore them and all that, but it's pretty hard mm. to do that, right? Like they pop up and you do see them and you're right subconsciously, a part of you is probably saying, hey, it's probably just easier and safer if I just don't post anything right now. Yeah. And yeah. probably a lot of people when they're building that momentum potentially do retreat and they're like, okay, well, it's not worth it because even though there's people that's, that are getting value from this, the actual downside of the pain that's coming in, it's like, mm. oh, maybe I'll just 
post once a month or I'll post once a week now. And I think it's just, yeah, awesome credit to you for navigating through that. And I think it's probably just something if others are listening out there, it's like when people are sharing things, it actually involves a fair bit of vulnerability and um, yeah, you, you sometimes probably don't look at it from that lens. And I think people mm. dehumanize people that have large followings as well. And they're like, yeah, oh, that's yeah. not actually a real person sure. that's reading this or that's For looking sure. at it. But it is. And um, like you'd never say those things on the street <laughs> to someone face-to-face, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting concept, man. But, well, it's, I, I don't yeah. think human beings naturally for the last, you know, since the, for, for the history of as long as we've been around, we've never been exposed to this many opinions and we've never been in front of this many people this regularly, right? Yeah. It's that I, I have the opinions of millions of people coming at me and, and I've had to learn how to not be curious in the last 12 months because I used to see a comment, the beginnings of an angry comment, and I would get curious and click see more and I'd look into it. Then I'd go down that rabbit hole. Whereas I've learned now to no longer be curious about that. I'm no longer curious about it. I've, I've learned where to place my, I've, I've learned where to place my curiosity and I've learned where not to put my curiosity. And, you know, the moment I see anything, you know, we, we can put filters as well. Anyone, any swearing, any kind of hateful words. I just, I, I choose not to see it. It's 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 interesting. We've had to learn how to put in those parameters so that you can still create and you, so that you can still serve the ninety five percent of the world that aligns with your message. Yeah, you've got to be so careful and and also to accept. And I know it's it's crazy to think there are people out there who don't like ice cream. There are people out there who don't like chocolate, right? And I'm not I'm not, I'm not saying that to hate on those people. It's just that's okay. You have a different taste. I've got a different taste. It's all good. Yeah. You don't have to get angry over it. It's all good. Yeah. So that, that's been a big it's lesson. Like, it's like, what? there's other things out there. You've got other options and other, <laughs> other bits of information that you could consume that you might like. <laughs> you, you don't have yeah. to spend your energy hating on stuff that you don't like. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's it. I love that lesson. I think yeah. um, that's cool. So go into the journey a little bit more. I'm, I think there's still – so that's that's some of the challenges, I guess, that came yeah. with the growth. Mm. Um, what's the journey been like, just the ascension and the momentum and keeping that going? Like Because the train's still rolling, right? Like it's still growing at a massive rate. Mm. I remember when we spoke probably even a couple of months ago, it was at like 700,000 and then it cracked a million just the other day. I know you celebrated yeah. that with your family, you went out, which is awesome. Like, it's an awesome milestone. So, yeah, thank you, bro. I, I mean, some of the positives is that I remember when I got to half a million followers and, and I went out to the food court and I, I was getting some food with, with Pei Wen and Xander, and the person behind the counter knew who I was and gave me a free bottle of water. <laughs> free bottle of water. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> oh, it was amazing. It was just that that freebie part of me, that Asian part of me, was like, "This is so good, man!" Oh, what the hell? Free water? You, you go to the oh, next shop, so good, it and you're just like, "Huh? Hey, huh? <laughs> uh, give me." It, it was just amazing, and and, and the person was so sweet, uh, and yep. uh, I remember her saying, "Hey, I really appreciate this one," and she was talking about one particular video that I put out that really helped her build more courage, and. It was just cool. You know, it wasn't about the free bottle of water as much as it was about the free bottle of water. It was also about the impact. 
and she, she was someone that followed me on Instagram and it was one of the first times and I was actually in Melbourne. I wasn't in my hometown Adelaide. I was in Melbourne and I was at Chadstone Shopping Center and that's, that's the food court I was at. And then I got the free bottle of water and I just went, wow, this is so cool. I've never been recognized out in public like this before. And it was just such a lovely interaction where she expressed her gratitude and appreciation and I walked away feeling great. You know, and then this started to happen more and more and more. I was in Phuket, Thailand. Someone at the airport recognized me. I was in London. Somebody recognized me. I was in Canada, in bloody Edmonton. Somebody recognized me. So it's just, as, as I'm getting more and more followers online, the impact is scaling to places in the world that I'm, I'm shocked by. Mm-hmm. You know, is this, had a video of someone from South Africa sending me a video saying, hey, thank you so much for making your videos. And that has been really, really fulfilling because I think, for a long time in my life, I've been invisible. And now in my life, I've become so visible. And, and it's, it's just been amazing to, to know the impact you're having around the world. You know, it just it feels really good, brother. It feels really fulfilling. On the flip side of the other comment, is there anything that like stands out in terms of that impact piece where like you received a message or you've had some feedback where it's just yeah. away a little bit? Well, people are learning communication skills for so many reasons. I've, I've had someone who, and this was, this, was, this was a crazy message where a lady reached out to me and she said, I'm, I'm learning communication skills not for the reasons you think. It's not really for career advancement. It's not really for you know, becoming a keynote speaker. I want to learn to find my voice so I can speak up on injustice. And she's, she had experiences where, you know, she was sexually assaulted and she wanted to learn communication skills to be able to speak up on that injustice. And I was so moved by that. I remember when she was telling me the story, I felt angry. I felt inspired. I felt sad. It was a mix of emotions and, and it was unreal. You know, I, I, I never even thought about that. And it was such a powerful moment for me just to know that I've been able to impact that person's life, give them the courage they need to speak up on a topic that, hell, man, it's, 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 it's a tough topic to speak up on, right? So situations like that, that, that Love it. I never thought I'd, I'd impact someone in that way. Never thought I'd impact someone in that way. And how cool is that? Like the contrast between some of the negative and then the positive, right? Yeah, like it's, yeah, yeah. it's phenomenal that that the, the same kind. Yeah, and, and then and then you, you yeah, and then you, you then you open your TikTok and it's like, yeah, hey, you look like a baboon. It's like, oh yeah, this is great. Thanks, maybe, maybe Dragon Slayer. Needed, like just for humility. It's like if you only yeah, got the positive, true. it's like it's like you need to just go into some of the hate oh. comments just to like yeah. counterbalance. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I look like a monkey. Hey, hey, thanks, <laughs> thanks, thanks for that. But I think it's um one of the cool things that I've just noticed as well is just as you've gone through that journey, like yeah, you've really stayed true to your core as well throughout that process, mm. and I think that's been really cool. Just as one of your mates and just as an outsider, like sometimes these things can probably change people. And I'm sure it has mm. in ways, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of your core fundamental values in terms of how you are with your friends and your family and what you're about, like it's been pretty awesome to watch, you know, just given just how quickly that shift has happened over the last year as well. 
Mm. So just from my end, mate, well done. And Thank you. It's a, it's a nice episode to celebrate a couple of those wins, and that's that's a pretty big one. Like over the last four or five years, I think that's one of the biggest changes that um, I've definitely seen you have and how you've navigated it has been absolutely awesome. So well done. Well, you, you know what? I mean, if I'm allowed to keep the spotlight on me just for another – Two minutes, and then I'm going to throw it over time. to you. We got time. This is this is a yeah. tribute edition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it, this is the analogy I used with Pei Wen when I was chatting to her. I, I just kind of said, I, I've had the the pleasure with the world we're living in today of listening to other podcasts and listening to people who climbed the 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 rungs of social media really quickly, and I've got to listen to how some of them burned out and 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 came down in flames and failed and got cancelled, all these different things. And it just made me really reflect on, well, how do I want to ride this wave? And if you think about this analogy, when you're driving a car really fast, is it easier or harder to control? It's harder to control. So to me, right now, while there's all this acceleration, one of the ways in which I've been able to manage it is I've deployed the brakes. And the number of opportunities that have come through have been unfreaking believable you know, whether it's book deals, whether it's someone wants me to fly to the US to be a part of short films. And someone want another kind of thing propped up where they wanted me to be a voiceover for for this kind of production that they're doing. And and all these different opportunities start to come through the door like crazy brand deals and all this kind of stuff. And I've said no to the majority of them. And, And saying no is me deploying the brakes to slow this car down. Because a slow car is easy, easier to maneuver. And I find that the biggest mistakes that people make when they're going really fast is they turn down streets they didn't really want to turn down because they didn't have enough time. You, you know you know this when you're driving mm. and then your partner's navigating and they're like, is it that left? Is it that left? Oh, is it that left? Is that, hey, then you turn left and it's the wrong left, right? And, and I'm trying to avoid those errors by just slowing the hell down. And, and it's probably, to some people, that's the wrong move to make. Some people might be like, oh, no, go faster, go faster. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm slowing down. So I've said no to so many things, bro, just to be able to make space to be able to turn down the right paths and not make too many errors at these at these critical moments. And I think this is um, – I was chatting to somebody about something similar the other day, and I think that comes also with age and experience, is that when you mm. do know your values and what you're about – the, the sort of general direction where you're heading, it's a lot easier to make those decisions. Whether whereas mm. when you don't have that, call it that understanding or yeah, just the life experience, it's probably a little bit more difficult, and you do get dragged and pulled into different directions. And you're right; yeah. I think that's one of the hardest things is when you're riding that wave of momentum. How do you still stay mm. on the path that you want to stay on? And it's tricky saying no to things, especially when they're incredible opportunities, right? Like you could go down yeah. any of those paths that you mentioned and that would all have benefits. So mm. yeah, making those decisions can be tricky or they can be a bit easier. I think when you do have those foundations really well locked in. So it's, well, it's, it's the whole idea. It's the whole idea behind the word slow to me, instead of fast wealth, slow wealth, instead of fast progress, slow progress. Instead of fast decision making, slow decision making. It, it's I find that that's all very very relevant to me right now. It's just taking my time with it and not being too impulsive right now. You know, yeah. Again, drive a car at 150 kilometers an hour, way harder to control than driving it at 60, 70 kilometers an hour. So I'm trying to 
keep this vehicle speed a little low, make decisions a little more, you know, play, play chess. I don't want to play checkers at this speed. So, yeah. How about you? Okay, throw, throwing it over to you now. Or you want to finish that thought and then... No, no, I think, I think just when you were saying that, though, I think it's also like, I think the speed analogy is really good, but I'd say that mm. you're still going fast. But the way that you're approaching it, it's a bit like an F1 driver. You're able to see the corners, see the turns. So it's like you can still drive fast, but it's more like internally. That speed probably just doesn't feel that fast because you're more in control of the decisions that you're making. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well... Thanks for your thoughts there, brother. Thanks for thanks for letting me kind of uh, celebrate those those wins there. And 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 how about you? What's what's something you've learned in twenty twenty two? What's something that's that's it's that's meant a lot to you? Firstly, I love this time of the year. You know, because as you know, we Mm. we do lots of reviews and we look back over things. So I've started that sort of process a little bit, and this year's been a really different and interesting year on my side. Like. I've had some probably bigger lows than mm. usual, you know, just with a couple of things that happened. Like my mum passed away earlier in the year, you know, yeah. we've had a fair few life changes and, you know, things have been sort of, you know, playing out in like a few different ways. And like, I think that's been something that like in terms of momentum, it's felt like a different mm. year. But then on the other side, there's been so many incredible, like if I look back on the year, like probably five to six things that are like once in a lifetime experiences that I've been dreaming about for like 10 years. So it's been like, you know, like we always say, like it's a bit of a roller coaster. It's been ups and downs. But I think that's probably the bow that I'd wrap on it. And it's probably really similar in most years, right? Like you have that, that like you were saying, like even on the ascension of, rising to a million followers. It's not just a smooth ride. Like people, that's why I think it was really cool digging into that is that, you know, it's not like, oh yeah, wow, I woke up this morning and I've now got a million followers and everything's great. It's like, there's also challenges that come Mm. with that. There's decisions that you have to make. There's resistance that you have to deal with. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things that I've learned. And if I was like looking at it like high level, I think it's, it's been about finding like that alignment with like the inner world and the outer world, like I think we spoke about this on our Power of Now podcast and it's always a pretty big recurring theme, but it's felt like the external and the outer world's been, you know, really amazing this year on so many fronts. But then at times, I think also because of things that are happening in the external world, like that inner, you know, call it flow of like energy and thoughts and emotions and all of that's probably been a little bit more wavy and turbulent. So mm. that's probably been my overarching thing. And it's, it's kind of nice, like getting to like the holiday period and, you know, yeah. you're coming to an end and sort of having a look at it and being like, all right, well, yeah, lots of things learned, lots of situations navigated, like some of the more difficult things that probably likely to experience. And then, you know, coming over to the other side of that. And then also just, spending yeah, time doing things that are really energizing and, you know, I'm a pretty big experienced guy. So ticking off some of those boxes, like Marcel and I went, my son, we went to the world cup recently, had a couple of great trips, um, you know, future golf, the business has done some really incredible things this year as well. We've done our podcast. It's like putting a bow on all those. And it's been, it's like, when you look at it, it's like, yeah, life's, life's great. And, you know, the challenges and, the downsides are just part of it. Can we can we zoom in on on one part of it? I mean, mm. it's it's been quite a number of months now since Mum passed away. Mm. What's what's it been like for you, brother? I mean, 
you know, that's, that's rough. You know I mean? Yeah. I was there with you and, and now, you know, almost half a year since where, where are you at with that? How, how are you feeling? Yeah. I think like, I think time heals, you know, like I think it's one of those things when you lose mm. someone that's very close to you, you know, if it's a parent, a child, a sibling, like there, there's probably just a hole or a space that you obviously <clears throat> can't replace just on like a day-to-day basis, you know, and that's just the reality mm. of it. And I think it's just navigating like, okay, well, that's – and accepting it, you know, and really embracing it. I think that's one of the things that I've really tried to do with mum's passing. It's like, oh, well, this has happened, you know, like we we got to spend time together. We spoke about a lot of things. So we got like a relative amount of closure on that. So I think in terms of that playing out, there's a lot of positives. But then it's like obviously you don't have – you know, someone that you're very close to that you can just pick up the phone and chat to and just do some of those yeah. day-to-day things, you know, she can't see the kids anymore. And it's like you navigate some of those things. And I think that's where you can go down those rabbit holes a little bit, especially when you lose someone where it's like you start picturing all the things that can't happen. And that's where the pain I think probably can come from. And it's just the reality of it. Like sometimes like even just looking back over the photo roll, you know, that's an exercise that we do where we look back over the last 12 months, you know, you get to the point where there's photos of mom and all that. And then you start mm. remembering or you get that little pain and you kind of navigate through it. But I don't know, overall, I think I'm at peace, you know, with it. Mm. Like it, it was something that in an ideal world, you know, it would play out probably, you know, differently. Like mom would still be here. But at the end of the day, I think, yeah, I think, that legacy still lives on and it's more about just all the things that I learned from her as well. And how do you keep living in alignment with that so that she keeps living on a little bit more. So I think, yeah, like probably a long answer around it, but in terms of, I think time heals and as the days go on, there isn't like I was speaking to, you know, good friend of mine who recently lost a parent as well. And it's, it's a hard process, you know, and it, yeah. I think it's different for everyone in terms of, mm how that plays out and yeah. So I you know, think, I, yeah, it's the, the answer to that is you working through it. Do I, do I know if it's, if I'm completely, if it's completely resolved and all that, who knows? But mm, like it, it I, feels all right. I, I still remember being, being at the funeral. And one thing that I was thinking about was that there's those big five regrets that people have in their lives. And one of the five regrets is I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself and not the life others expected of me. Yeah. And I remember being there listening to all the stories that everyone was sharing about Shami and, and how she lived her life. And you see, that's not a regret. I believe your mom had, right. She lived the life that she wanted on her terms. She didn't really care what you expected of her or anyone else expected of her. She lived multiple lives in one, multiple lives in one. And I think that's, that's all you could ever hope for, for mom and dad or, or for, for your parents or for the people you love is that they get to live multiple lifetimes, not just one. And she did, man. She had a second life. She had a third life. She, she lived so many different lives. And I think, yeah, there was a, there was a weird, weird thing there. Cause I was reflecting on the five regrets that people tend to have. And I really feel like she didn't, she didn't have too many of them. I mean, the five, if you people are curious, yeah. the first one is, I've just had them written down here, but the first one is that I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself and not the life that others expected of me. Second, I wish I didn't work so hard. Number three, 
I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Number four, I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. Number five, I'd wish I'd let myself be happier. And when you think about those five and you think about the way your mom lived, holy shit, did she crush life. (laughs) She spent so much time with her friends, you know, especially on a boat that she bloody had. She always expressed how she felt. I felt like she didn't work so hard in her life. She enjoyed life. And that's where you bloody get it from too. You know, you're one of the people who enjoys life the most out of all people that I know. And, and again, I wish I let myself be happy. I felt like, I just, I felt like if, if that was the top five most common regrets people have, she freaking crushed life. Yeah. And it's true. Like even when we were sort of, yeah. it was all sort of coming to an end, she wasn't, she was so at peace and didn't really have, you know, any of those big regrets. She mm. wasn't like resisting anything. And I think that's probably it's beautiful to those five things. And I think that was also mm. one of the big, <clears throat> that probably directed my year a lot this year as well is a lot of what she was kind of sharing with me. You know, she's mm. like, spend time, you know, with the family, really open that up. Mm. Don't leave anything on the table of the stuff that you, you know, that you've always been thinking about. Do it now. There's no point in waiting. And I think, yeah, there, there will come some a couple of the really big lessons that I took away from that. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I think the other one was also just when when stuff like that happens, just mm. how everyone comes together. Like even when I look back on it and I've got all these photos of like the family, friends, you know, like even like we've been, we've been friends for a long time. Like what you did for me this year during that period is something on the ridiculous level, you know, in terms of gratitude and appreciation. Like you had so many things on, you canceled it all, you came over, you, you engaged, you you emceed the wedding, even though you'd, uh, the wedding, the funeral. Yeah, I'm seeing the funeral, which was, I think, the first time you've done something like that before. I've never without done that before hours, in my life. Without two hours notice. You, well, you prepped I just have to, to say. Eulogy, like, yeah. Hey, we rehearsed it like a hundred times too, yeah, me and Marcel. In the, in he the, was a star you know, of the weekend. Oh, he crushed it. Oh. <laughs> Real quick, just for those who are interested, Ali, Ali reaches out to me on WhatsApp and he's like, hey, uh, do you want to – do you want to MC my my mom's funeral? And, and my first reply was, no, no, man, I don't, I, I've never done it before and I don't want to ruin it. And he's like, no, 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 you will. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want, I don't want to do it. I don't think I can do it. It's too much pressure. And then, yeah, no, no, you will. And then I did it. So just Ali's influence technique is just keep denying people of the word yeah. no. And they just keep saying, no, no, you're going to do it. Yeah, no, that one was, um, once you were here, it's like we weren't going to. Oh, uh, yeah, you got me. Crowd. No, you got like, me. Yeah, no, it was and I think it was like it was all those things, you know, like Chantal, mm. like I remember Danielle like just pretty much being our funeral director on the day and organizing everything. Like just everyone sort of coming together. That was amazing. That, that was one of the beautiful things is like when not only do you get to celebrate someone's life, but then mm. call it the community, the tribe, then also come together. And I think those things also just have a massive impact. So um, you you know, you know the kind of impact you're having when you hit a rough patch and then the number of people that come out of the woods to be there for you. I think that though in those moments, you really start to understand how many people love you and the love that you give to others as well. Because I know for a fact that there have been times in my life, Ali, where I've been through a really tough time 
And in those moments of darkness, there's no one there with me. You know, and, and it, it, there's almost that. And in those times in my life, I didn't invest in relationships. I didn't prioritize relationships. I didn't, I, I wasn't kind and loving and compassionate to other people. I wasn't. And as a result, I was lonely. I was on my own and no one came. You know, and, and I think that's also a reflection of how much love, generosity, kindness, compassion you put out there in the world, right? Otherwise, otherwise we wouldn't come to you. Otherwise, your friends wouldn't be there. I mean, another beautiful story as well is, you know, on the, on the day of your mom's passing, you didn't want to see anyone. And all of a sudden at lunchtime, one of your friends come over and then an hour later, another one rocks up. An hour later, another one rocks up. And, and before you knew it, you had a tribe of your friends over and you had to order pizza for everyone to eat and feed them. But everyone was there. Your brothers were there. Everyone was there. It was just, it, that's a reflection of who you are too, brother. It's a reflection of the, the goodness you've put out there. That's pretty awesome. Very grateful and mm. lucky to have some incredible people. And I think that, that's probably another real reflection point. And I think you and me were, were speaking on this on, I think, over WhatsApp a couple of weeks mm. ago. But you think about, like, we change up our lives a fair bit. You know, if you think about mm. it, like, we, like, if you were sort of externally looking in, we, we start new things, we do new projects, we have different groups and all of that. But then I think one of the cool things that we've also got is that we've got, a fair bit of depth and longevity in parts of our life as well. And mm. when, I look, when I look back on that, like we're in, like we've been with our partners for over what, how many years is it for you? How long have you been with Payment for? Since 2009, we're going on, whoa, wow. What's up, 13 years? 13 years, yeah. Yeah, 13 years. Like Chantelle and I have been together, I think for like, it's coming up to like 17, 18 years. Like, whoa, I think wow. back to my mates that, you know, like all of my best mates that we, Still, you know, probably don't see each other as much as we would like to, but we've all been mm. since we we're 15, 14. So it's like over 20 years. So it's like, and I think you, there's such a great value in that depth that you have mm. people because it is in those moments, they're the ones that you really do gravitate to. You know, it's, it's not, yeah, it's not, unfortunately, won't be the million followers, right? Like it's going to be um, mm. the 10 people that you call them your womb. You know, like it's, mm, it's, that's, mm. that's the crew. And it's been incredible as well, like, because I don't have a big family, but the, like my brothers, you know, I got to kind of pick and build my family, which is also silver lining, pretty cool. Um, and it's awesome that that, that family still exists. So I think it's, um, yeah, I think, I think that's one of the things when also reflecting on this year, it's just the importance of some of those connections. And that's been a big part of it this year, I think as well for me, it's like both, old and new connections and I think we've spoken about that a fair bit on a couple of podcasts as well is that just nourishing the group of people that play mm. an impact in your life and keeping that strong is so important and fresh and and the lesson I take from that Ali that I've actually been very intentional about this year is that most of the times people think about investing, they think invest in whatever you want to invest in, invest in property, invest in the stock market, invest in ETFs, whatever. We don't think about investing in relationships. And I look at investing in relationships in the form of money, time, and energy. And when I look at this year, there've been multiple occasions, just this past weekend, right? I, I invested financially into an Airbnb. I invested time to take my aunties, my mom, 
my cousins all away so that we could go away. And then I invested my energy. I gave them my energy while I was there, my focus and attention. And I literally invested in that. And it's almost like a social investment or it's a connection investment. And I've done that a lot more this year, whereas prior years, I don't look at a bucket of investment as social investment, connection investment. I never had that before before this year. I may have done it, but I didn't do it consciously. This year, I did it really, really consciously. And I invested in my family. I invested in my friends. I invested in just my social circle a lot more. And I've gotten so much more happiness from that because I'm consciously doing it, right? And it's been a really interesting ROI because I would say, and you know, oh, the stock market, crypto market, everything is down. The one investment in my portfolio that has outperformed like crazy has been the social and connection investment bucket. Because crypto didn't do and I, this year, so this one. Yeah, everything else didn't do very good. But I, but I still feel, I walk away from this year feeling like it has been the best year of my life. And when I was reflecting on that, you know, as I was writing in my journal, I went, wow, how, how come this year felt like the best year ever? And it was because I made some really good investments, you know, and, and it, whether it was investing in going to be with you during your time of need when mum passed. And, you know, and, and again, we were investing together next year, next year, early January, we're investing in an Airbnb time us, all of us friends are getting together real close. There's like seven or eight of us. We're going away. We're, we're mapping out how we want to live 2023. So to me, that's an important category of investment. And, and for those of you listening, I think it's really important. And it doesn't have to be a lot of money. You don't have to put thousands of dollars into it. What if it was just a hundred bucks? What if it was 50 bucks? How could you take that money and invest it into relationships and connection with the people around you? And it's, it's funny. I've, I've done it in my life, but I've never consciously done it. And consciously doing it more, wow, it has been my top performing investment. Yep, I like it. And I think even, mm. funnily enough, I think this is one that we haven't actually spoken about, but I've done probably a similar thing over the last year. And I'm guessing, you know, both subconsciously and consciously, it's been influenced by you just, even when you were doing this, you've always done this, I think, where mm. uh, I know you mentioned that this year you did it more as a bit of a plan and with a little bit more attention, intention, but I think this has always been a pretty core part of what you've done. But then, yeah, mm. this year, that's one of the things I remember, you know, when we did some of our planning stuff, it's actually like from a practical standpoint for people, it's like you can actually put an allocation of what you earn towards this and you need yeah. to make a budget for it, you know? And yeah, I do. One of the things like is, you know, I had something written down sort of at the start of the year where it was like 30 actions you know, for mm. others and mm. actually then allocating that budget as well. And mm -hmm. I think that's what we don't probably do. We usually just do it time-wise and a lot of the time it's reactive and there's probably times where we're connecting with others and we're not really bringing a high level of energy. So it is more like, okay, well, whether it's financial, whatever it is, it's like yeah. the people and the this is like an allocation for friends, mm -hmm. family, mm -hmm. for for new friends, whatever it might be. And this is what, yeah, I'm going to aim well, to invest into. And, and you're right, the ROI is pretty amazing because when you actually look back over the year, and again, we so just for everyone out there, we do a bit of a photo roll exercise, right, where we look back at our photos in our phone over the last 12 months and then we do a little bit of review based off that and that's part of it. And I think you, my guess is when you look back on that photo roll, there's probably going to be a fair bit of that investment showing up in that photo roll. 
Yeah, oh, definitely. However, I used to do it incorrectly. I can tell you how I rounded it out. What I used to do is I used to just give financially. Because again, I used to view generosity as mainly in the like generosity in the form of money. So the way I round it out now is I've, I do give financially in terms of I'll put aside a certain amount of money every year. And for me, it's specific to me, right? And, and how my business performs. And then next order as well, it's how am I going to use time and energy as well? So I, I, I have key people around me where I think about, okay, what's something nice I can do for this person this year financially? What's something nice I can do for that person with energy and time? And then when I bring it all together, that generosity act feels more wholesome. Whereas before, because I was so busy all the time in my business, I used to just buy people stuff. <laughs> Whereas now it's like, like for Lenny this year, you know, I remember taking Lenny out on his birthday and we went to a beautiful bookstore, got him a beautiful book, a beautiful pen, and just kind of talked to him about the importance of journaling and, and writing down your emotions and thoughts, you know, because I felt that Lenny, oh, he, he was stuck up a lot here in his head, a lot, a lot kind of kept in his head. And, and that was a beautiful moment, right? So, so to me, there was these, Beautiful acts Paul of generosity. Like, Paul Eddie like had to block out a whole day. He's like, I wish he just sent the cash. Like, this is so annoying. <laughs> no, he didn't. He loved it. And I wrote him and I wrote him a beautiful kind of message at the front of his journal as well. And he loved it. And he cherished it, man. It was beautiful. It was so super romantic. But it was just that's awesome. Just man. learning, just just learning how to do things in those three buckets, though. Be generous with time, energy, and money where you can. Mm-hmm. There are three ways to be generous. And when you can do all three of them together, and it doesn't matter the amount, it's beautiful, man. It's like the ultimate gift is when you can give a little something material, a little something with time and love, and a little something with your energy. It's beautiful. Mm. I think that framework yeah. as well, it applies to so many things because when you think about time, energy, and money, they're probably, it's what I'd probably call the resource triangle. Yeah, And definitely. you can really use that as a checkpoint for a lot of things that- mm you're doing, you know, whether it's work, whether it's family, whether it's a hobby, it's like, okay, well, what's the quality and what's my allocation here in terms of energy, time and money towards this activity. And mm-hmm. my gut feel is the things where you do have all three, they're probably going to end up being highlights, right? Whether yeah. it's in terms of yeah. performance, in terms of enjoyment, in terms of return on investment, you're probably going to get a little bit more. Whereas if, you know, even if you're hitting two of those, it's still probably pretty strong. But if you're only hitting one of them, it's mm. there's a good chance it's going to be a relatively weak experience. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like Where do we want to steer this conversation next, brother? You can take the steering wheel. Where do we go next? Um, books. What's some of your favorite books that you've read this year? I mean, again... This is probably the fifth plus time I've read it now. And this time I'm reading it in a very different way. I mean, if I flick through it, the way I'm reading it now is for, for those I'm just showing people on the video stream. Yeah. What book is it? Uh, it's the Almanac of Naval Ravikant. And what I'm doing is I'm reading this book now in a very different way. I've never done this before, but I'm writing all over it. So every single time I read a paragraph, I'd write next to it my thoughts and values and how I feel I've done. And it's really cool because it feels like I'm having a conversation with Naval. And as I'm reading it, I'm just writing and I'm like, oh yeah, I've done this. Oh, Vin, you haven't done this this year. Come on, you got to get your shit together. And then it's just, it feels like I'm having this conversation with Naval that I'll never have because his email is naval at idontdocoffee.com. And it's just been a really therapeutic process. 
Because honestly, this book has changed my life in that I built an online course as a result of reading this book. Because Naval talked about the old rich and the new rich, and the new rich take advantage of technology to scale themselves and their offering. And yeah, so I'm just going back to mine for more gold, brother. That's been my hands down favorite. I love it. Well, what was one of the things where you had to give yourself a bit of a kick up the ass that you're like, I'm not doing enough of this? Oh, kick up the ass. Okay. Well, I've been a pretty <laughs> damn good student. So there's uh, not too many that kick up the ass. Let me have a quick, quick squidger ditch over this. Uh, well, you know where I've, I've really dropped the ball? Health and fitness this year. Wowzers. Have I dropped the ball on that? Hard. Massive. Like I, I've, I've not only dropped the ball, I've kicked it out of the yard and I didn't bother to go get it back. <laughs> uh, that's how bad it was. I don't think you're the only one. I think that ball gets kicked yeah. out of the yards. And, 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 but you know what? In reflection, as I was writing about it, the reason why I haven't been able to do this one well, I think, is because I haven't, I haven't added, I haven't aligned it with one of my biggest core values, which is fun. One of my biggest core values in my life is fun. And I've never made exercising fun ever. It's always been this painful thing that I have to go do. And I, I think for, for me in 2023, I have to find creative ways to make it fun. I have to find a trainer who is fun. I have to find a PT who is fun. And I need to introduce fun into exercise. Otherwise, it's just not sustainable for me. It's, mm, it's, got, it's got to somehow be fun. Like it. That's a good one. Mm. How about you? Which has been a book for you. And yeah, I probably went back to the classics. And I don't know if you're finding this too, but we've been pretty avid readers over the last however many years. And mm. what I'm finding is I'm probably like getting diminishing returns now on newer books. Me too. Especially That's why I'm reading the Val's like, book again. Especially in the business space, or I call it mm, professional mm. personal development space. Like there are there haven't mm. been too many like new books that I've picked up probably over the last year or two that I've been like, all right, this one really, you know, is going to go into the top five or 10. There's been some good ones just in terms of reminders, because I think a lot of books nearly start repeating themselves after a certain time, especially in a similar category. So Mm. I've probably been similar like you. I've gone back to a couple of the classics, like two of my favorites have been The Alchemist and Power of Now. And I think they've both been, pretty big ones, like similar thing to what you did there, like going line by line through the books. Um, I remember actually doing that with four hour work week, probably mm. five, six years ago, where I nearly broke it down as a bit of an action plan. And I remember reading it and being like, you know what, I'm going to complete this book. Like it, it already aligns with, with me. I'm going to turn it into action lists and then I'm going to make a bit of an action plan out of this book and actually try to, you know, finish it. And just when you were talking about Naval making you start the, um, inspiring you to start the online course. That was probably similar with four hour work week in terms of starting future golf and a few other ventures. So, you know, he always spoke about, you know, start a little passion project, start a little, I think you'd call it a muse. And that was a big inspiration behind that. So now looking at just the alchemist and the power of now, a lot of it's just around, like, I think the alchemist always just reminds me about dreaming and thinking a little bit out Mm. there and, you know, looking for coincidences and the magic and the omens that, present themselves in life. And then power for now is probably just another part of the operating system that I want to upgrade in terms of just, you know, quality of consciousness and awareness and being in the moment a little bit more and 
I'd go back to your drive, driving a fast car analogy. To me, Power of Now is one of the solutions to that when the car feels like it's getting a little mm. bit out of control and you're skidding off the road. I think there's some really good fundamentals in a book like that to just help slow things down. And that's, uh, I think that's probably, there've been two that have been pretty big. What's, what's been your drop the ball and kick it out of the garden and never gone to get it back? Yeah. Thing? My drop the ball one is call it just that it's similar to yours. But instead of it being on the physical exercise side, it's probably being more mm-hmm. of a mental exercise side. So hmm. it's just, you know, habits like depth off things like and the quality of meditation and journaling and all of that. Like I found that there's been parts of my year where that's been a bit weaker than previous years where I've really prioritized that a little bit more. Um, hmm. And then I think just really um, sort of, ingesting good information like because i haven't read that much because i was kind of getting a little bit bored like this probably i think i read maybe about 50 books 50 or 60 books this year um but when i look back on those 50 or 60 probably 45 of them were inconsequential you know Mm, so i'm like i don't feel like i got a really good quality of education this year Mm, so they're probably two where you know in terms of doing like courses or learning skills. I feel like that's probably an area of improvement. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Any, any other drop the ball ones for you? I'm curious. I mean, we, we talk a lot about our wins often. Yeah. I think it's interesting to talk about some of the the moments where we, we have failed. I think, I think it's also important to share some of those in that, again, it, it takes away that facade that people sometimes have on social media where they go, oh, wow, you know, these people are living their best lives all the time, nine to nine every day, you know. <laughs> no. Well, not really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, um, more drop the ball. I mean, I, I'll, I'll throw another one out there. Yeah. One for me is I feel that this was earlier on in the year. Earlier on in the year, I just said yes to way too many things. Right. And then the classic example there for me was I was on a family holiday where I was going to Malaysia and we're going to Singapore and we're doing all these wonderful things as a family. And then right smack bang in the middle, I said yes to a, an event that I was doing in London in the UK. And at that point in my life, that was around June. And that was when I didn't deploy the brakes. And as the opportunities were coming up, I was like, yes, 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 twice. Yes, 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 yes. Let's do that again. And I was saying yes to everything. And I just burnt myself out so hard by the middle of the year, you know, and and it was just that, that classic example again is that rest is important and peak performance requires rest and peak performers know the importance of rest. You look at the greatest athletes in the world, they take their rest days really seriously, you know, and, and I needed to, you know, again, again, I, I like using that metaphor of, you know, I'm like a Ferrari. I, when I'm taken to the track, drive me hard and go crazy, but then give me a good month and service me, you know? And, and I like that. I like that analogy because a, I think Ferraris are amazing, but B, I also like to, it, it, it's, it's me understanding how I work. I don't like doing the four hours a week. I don't like doing the two hours a day and then having a great kind of day after that. I don't like that. What I like, I like going hard for a good month to two months. 
and then take a whole six weeks off, take a whole four weeks off. So it's just this year I've learned a lot more about myself. The problem was and the failure was in the four to six weeks that I normally take off, I also said yes to a whole bunch of stuff. So for me, it's oh, got to say, got to say no. During my four weeks off, the time the Ferrari's in the garage, nope, not doing anything. Not even going for a joyride. Nope, just going to rest. You yeah. The mechanic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's just yeah. that, charging it up. Yeah. Yeah. And the value of doing nothing, it's okay. You know, it's this, this, this addiction to productivity was unhealthy. Yeah, I think um, just as you were saying that, I think one of mine was, I'll go back to it, but finding momentum this year, like even probably creatively, like mm. I probably learned just a little bit more patience this year. You know, whereas if I look at the last four or five years, generally speaking, like, you know, we, we speak about this, but I like Hail Marys. I like really big moves, you know, four or five of them every kind of a year. And I think that on the creative side this year, like every time I kind of pushed or dabbled in some of those, mm-hmm. I probably learned that, all right, it's not maybe the time yet. And just learning about pacing a little bit more too around, okay, well, we tried that one. Let's now wait a little bit of it. And I, I just know that when I was journaling, a lot of my journal entries are probably just around, like it had the word, you know, just let it unfold, let it play out, mm. kind of eventuate. And I think it was just those reminders that it's a long game on certain parts of life too. So you don't have to do, you know, like it was like that contrast between the foot and the pedal versus just letting things unfold a little bit more. So it was learning that a little bit. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks for sharing It's like that, that balance, oh. right? And. I think it's funny that we've got a really similar theme here around fast and slow. Mm. Where we've probably had that a fair bit in both of our years where like there's been certain things that have been just like, yep, we're going 100 miles an hour. And then probably certain mm. times where we've gone into hibernation a little bit and um, you've just got to let everything, the dust settle a bit so that you can see the yeah. road again. Yeah. And it just feels like yeah. that's a general theme. Like so many people that I'm speaking to, even as the year wraps up, is like, people feel really tired at the moment. Mm. And I don't know if you've had the same <laughs> thing, but I think it's like the first year, really full year post-pandemic, people yeah, like, yeah. you know, back into the world. There's so many things going on, so many different opportunities. Like if you think about it, especially for us living in Australia over the last couple of years, life was actually pretty simple during the pandemic. You had five, six things that you could do. Like people had so mm. much more downtime. And I think people are just a little bit spent at the moment and, maybe that message around just rest and taking yeah. a little bit of time just to reach just do nothing is maybe yeah quite, well, quite a good one at the moment well i mean i have to say the one thing that i've noticed uh, that's come up a lot on my social media feed more and more and more is again just productivity hacks yeah it's always about the what what are the next what are the 10 best apps to help you become more productive with your time what and and it's just this obsession with productivity uh, i think is it's it can be dangerous. Anything in excess is is dangerous, right? And what's, you just got to be careful what's, with that. What's one of your productivity hacks? Well, I don't want to give a productivity hack right now because it's just it's not about productivity all the time, every time. We're talking on the topic of rest right now. Yeah, I think it's just I, I've had to learn not to be guilty to just hang out, you know, to just. To just but, play but and relax. Rest, rest <laughs> is a productivity hack, though, if you think about it. Like, it is. Of course it is. Of course like, it is. 
And even just, you know, because I, I got asked that question a couple of times recently as well around what's, you know, what's the number one productivity hack. And I think one of the biggest ones is what we touched on earlier in the episode. I think it's having enough clarity so you can make very aligned decisions. To me, that is mm. going to be one of the number one productivity hacks because from that position, you're able to then, if you think about productivity and it's, you know, it links back to time management's usually the real popular one. It's about managing resources, right? So if you have clarity on kind of where you're at, who you are, what you want to do in this moment in time, it nearly looks after productivity because then you can make high quality decisions around how you want to allocate your time, money, and energy as well. And it's nearly more like a macro level productivity hack, but then that's why you can also then be like, okay, I'm now aware that I need to have some rest, right? Because that's recharging energy. It's recharging time a little bit more so that you can make other decisions so you can provide space to do things that you want to do. So, mm. Yeah. I mean, productivity is linked to rest, which almost seems wrong, but it is. <laughs> I mean, I mean that, that's probably been a big one for me. And, and it's interesting reflecting on the failures too. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to share? Oh, failures always. We've always got our failures. What's probably one of the areas would be. I mean, while you're thinking, I oh, you got one. Oh, you go. You go. No, no, you go. Well, I mean, this has always been a problem for me, mm. and this has become a problem again for me. <laughs> and this has become a problem because of the social media growth and the addiction to seeing the numbers grow. And it's been such a, I don't know, it's been it's just such a, I don't know how to describe it. It's almost like an addiction again. It's definitely become an addiction again for me, which has, which has really annoyed me because I've written about it so many times in my journal and, you know, to be really transparent with everyone, even on this recent trip that I went, I was on this way too much, you know, and, and I, I brought in something last year, which didn't even last a month, was a dumb phone. And I have to somehow solve this problem. And I, I haven't got many solutions yet, but it's something that I, I've definitely failed at. And I'm really disappointed at myself in, in that it's, it's, it's robbed me of presence. It's robbed me of... Yeah, mainly presence, being present with the people that I love. And yeah, something that I'm still working on, something that I'm still trying to improve at. Uh, one of the ones that I heard recently, especially for Instagram, because I think probably apps like Instagram and TikTok are really well designed for addiction and to get a scrolling through there is deleting it just for seven mm. hours during the day. So Instagram actually makes it super easy to delete and reinstall it. Like you don't even have to put mm. your password and stuff again. Like you can pretty much delete the app and then do that. And I think, yeah, one of the hacks that I found there was like, I know you could do screen reminders and downtime and all of that, but it was more just like, just delete it. You know, like go on in mm. the morning, check it, delete it for the rest of the day, reinstall it at mm. night, give yourself half an hour and then do it again the next day or like find little pockets. Because I think that's, it's really tough with, I can't remember where it was, but it was like, you know, the ones that are most addictive are probably like news sites, refreshing those and then looking at the articles. Oh, I never read news sites. Like Instagram, I think, is, and Facebook and mm -hmm. all the socials, TikTok are always right up there. YouTube, go down the YouTube rabbit hole. It's like, how do you, 
how do you overcome it? And, and it's hard because it's like willpower, right? Like when it's in your hand, when it's in your pocket, it's really difficult to be like, you know what? I'm just not going to look at it because it's so easy to do it. It's like having a packet of Tim Tams in your pantry. If they're there, you're going to have to eat them. <laughs> yeah. Instead of relying on discipline, remove it from the environment. That's right. Willpower is the mm. hardest one to rely on, right? If you can systemize yeah. it. And- well, it, it's it's just going to be, again, for me, removing it from as many different environments as possible. You know, when I go into a friend's house for a party this this Christmas, I'm just saying this out loud so that I actually commit to it. <laughs> you know, I'll leave it in the glove box. When I go out to dinner, I'll leave it in the car. When I go into the kitchen, I'll leave it in the office, you know. And to me, it's about creating physical distance between me and the device. Yep. It's just something that I have to learn how to do. Yeah. What about you? Well, do you have any others? I mean, we'll trade another couple with each other. I mean, this, I, I, think it, I think it's refreshing talking about failures yeah. because there's, yeah. there's so much more growth in those arenas and I think people can relate to it a lot too. Yeah, I think probably one of the big ones is just, I think at times during the year, judgment was a really big one. You know, judgment mm. of myself, judgment of others. Um, and I had to navigate through that. And I think that mm-hmm. reduced the quality of some of the interactions that I had throughout the year. And it's probably a very natural one for me to get into just because you're always analyzing things, looking for improvements, looking for changes. So mm. It becomes very easy when things aren't playing out a certain way to just start, you know. Getting, getting a bit judgy. Really, getting a bit harsh yeah, and judgy, you know, both mm. internally and then also externally. And I know that at any time that that happened throughout the year, it didn't feel good. You know, it's, it's a, mm. one of those things where, and I don't know if you find it the same way, but when you're doing that type of analysis or judgment and then you start that inner dialogue and, you know, these conversations that you might have that you do or don't have, like, I don't know, I just found that at times there was a little bit of a lack of quality in some of that. So that's one just as I head into next year that I want to improve on, either by addressing things that need to be discussed a little bit quicker or, Mm. you know, observing any sort of judgy thoughts, whether they're to myself or, or to others. I, I sometimes spend time with some of my friends who are very judgy and they're not judgy of me, but they're judgy of the people around them. And often in our conversations, talking about other people comes up and I really don't enjoy that. I really don't. So I never take part. I rarely ever take part, you know, unless it's teasing you, then I take part. But if anything, yeah. anything else, I just, I just don't really enjoy that, of course. <laughs> but yeah. it's, I, I, I think about it in terms of, you know, it, it's become really clear for me that love, kindness, and compassion are really big values of mine. And when I act out those values, I feel really good about myself. And, and you know, I, I, I don't mean to make it all cheesy, but I, I really do. I really like that. I really like those three values. And, I've tried to act those out best I can, you know, especially even with the hate comments. Just look at it with loving eyes and compassion and kindness. You know, it's, and it's helped me move through it. And I can tell you, as someone who's practiced this a lot more this year, I move through life much easier. When I'm not judging others, when I'm just doing my best to live my own way and be myself, you know, and it just, I, I just move through life with a lot less resistance. So I'm, I'm proud of you for recognizing that and I'm proud of you for for trying to do better next year, bro. I'm, I'm really proud of you. 
I think that's always the one. Like, even if you think about it, I mm. think that I love that as a framework, you know, of putting more virtuous qualities behind thoughts and mm. intentions. And it's hilarious. Like, I don't know if you do the same thing, but sometimes, like, you'll have something that frustrates you. And it's like, all right, let me mm. let's put this through the lens of love, kindness, and compassion. And, like, you're still, like, yeah. a bit agitated. You're like, no, yeah. no, there's love, kindness, and compassion in this. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. it's, a, it's an awesome skill to keep refining and i think that's a it is there's a lot of things where we probably have these recurring themes where mm. it's a constant work in progress right like well, life is a constant fitness, work in progress bro whether it's around thought patterns whether it's around meditating whether or whatever it is and i think that's the thing. Mm. It's just around you, you do your best and you see where it lands and it's what kind well, of it, it it's a constant work in progress i mean i'll, I'll share another one with you too and, and we can shift topics after or stay on it if you want. But I can tell you another one for me that I suffer from that I, I often don't talk about publicly. And another one that I suffer from, brother, is materialism. I, I love stuff. And uh, it's not that I'm justifying it. It's just the reason I think I love stuff is because I still feel the need to play the status game where... I think people who are materialistic or people who do fall victim to materialism, at some level inside, we don't feel enough. At some level inside, we're still trying to prove something. Uh, we still want other people to think, oh, wow, that person is doing so well. You know, we, and and I've, I've been battling with that. And it's it's a constant back and forth for me between – are you getting it because you really like it or are you getting it because you're still playing the status game? You know, and and I think that's something that I wrestle with all the time. And it, it's just, it's been a challenging one for me that I don't really have a solution for. I don't necessarily have lots of clarity on it. It's just the game that I'm still on. It's, it's just, it's been a fascinating one. I don't know if you've got any thoughts on it because, yeah, think- yeah it's a weird one. I think I think one of the cool things though is like when you when you were talking about that is just the fact that you were reflecting on maybe some of the deeper reasons behind it, and it just got mm. me thinking about. I think it was a stand up comedian and name's Becky Lucas. She was speaking on a podcast, and she said this line, and she's like, "If you think about it, anyone who's good at a skill, the core fundamental driver behind that is often attention, <laughs> right? Like if you think." And I was like, "Is that true?" And I started putting it through the lens. It's like. Oh yeah, like hmm. I think I've developed the skill of entrepreneurship. Like, is there actually a deeper desire just because that leads to attention? And I'm like, there probably is, right? And it's when when we think about things that are status driven or you know based around external validation, it could be you know like even this podcast, right? There's probably a driver there where it's and I think it's been written about you know that humans have sort of fundamental needs, which is based around that need to be accepted and loved and embraced, and then probably also that need to be seen, you know, and to be enough. And it's probably just human nature, right? Like the things that we interact with always have that undercurrent behind it. Sometimes it's subtle, sometimes it's loud. And I think from a practical standpoint, to me, it's just like, all right, acknowledge it, accept it. And if it's something that you like, like is is, is that materialism, does it, cause you pain like or is it something that you actually enjoy as well like uh, do you actually enjoy buying stuff because there's nothing really wrong with i know as a recurring theme for you that's been one that 
you always want to keep in check. Yeah, I, I do. I think I think you're scared off it that it can drag you down a hole that you don't feel comfortable in. But then in saying mm. that, watching you as a mate externally, like I don't actually think based on where you are at life that you're over leveraged or you're a slave to your materialism. <laughs> I actually think given where you're at, you're actually probably more on the humble side, funnily enough, you know, and mm. I think people that would be in a similar situation to you probably take that a lot further. But given that you've always been wary and aware of it, I actually think you've managed it. Like, mm. Well, I don't know if I'm managing it well. Yeah. Like, like it's never like, oh, you, you know, just, and I don't know, maybe Paywen might have different, views on this and you know your your mates and family might be a little bit different but you're not really somebody where it's like oh here he goes again here's his new toy like you don't have that vibe to you like i think you're actually Mm. pretty in check you do a lot for other people like so i don't know again it's maybe that judgment thing right like where there might be or maybe it's just it's good that it's something that you are thinking about because it could be something that might drag you down a little path. Like I'm probably similar with vices and anything that I think is going to have a potential to be addictive. I'm mm. usually really wary of it. You know, or something yeah. where I'm like, Oh, I might lose a little bit of control if I go down that path because yeah, I'm somebody that, you know, I get onto something like Lego was a great example. Like I'm not <laughs> buying two Lego sets. I'm buying all of them, you know, and <laughs> we were doing basketball cards recently. It's like, I can't just buy a couple of packs. It's like, all right, I've got to complete the set. Um, even like movies at the moment, you know, the last sort of couple of years, it's been about watching the top 250 movies of all time on IMDb. And it's mm. like, sometimes I'll sit there like watching like movie number like 94, which is like a German murder mystery from 1931. <laughs> and like, you just sort of battle. So it's awful. It. And I'm like, sitting there, I'm like, it's all right. The pain's worth it because I'll be able to tick off that list at <laughs> some time. But it's, like, but then you get the other 85 or 99, and it's like you find some golden nuggets. But I think it's just what we're talking about here is that we'll all have certain things that pull us in a direction, and mm. it is well, what it is. I I think of it, it in this way too, right? Oh, that is an endpoint to any line. It just is what it is. It's it is what it is. It is. It's like so unhelpful. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds so wise at the same time. <laughs> Depends how you say it, right? Just like how chilled. Well, I mean, put it on anything as well. Like no matter what happens, it's nearly the perfect line. Just like it is what it is. You say that when you don't know what to say, but you want to sound smart. (laughs) One of Chantal's aunties, she used to always say it like anytime, like, you know, when people would be talking about somebody else, she'd just always Mm. finish it with, that's their shit. (laughs) It's like, I love that line. It still stands out so much. Someone's going through something ridiculous. It's like, yeah, that's their shit. At least it's their shit. shit. We, We can just move on and continue talking about what we need to talk about. It's brilliant. I think about that that whole material game and I think that if you rob me of the desire for things, I'm very curious what that would do to my level of ambition, what that would do to my level of drive and what that would do to my level of excitement when playing the games that I play. I I love playing the entrepreneurial game because I love that 
you you know the results are tangible whether it's you making money the lives impacted the number of followers all of that etc it's a very tangible game and it's a fun game because you can see the results and those results earn you money time freedom and then you cash in those rewards and that's what makes it fun it's like kind of when you go to those gaming malls and then you get tickets and you get to like if you collect the tickets and you don't do anything with the tickets then playing gets boring why would, why would you even play? You play because you go, oh, once I get three and a half thousand of those little tickets, I can get that massive toy. And then the playing becomes really fun, et cetera. The, the reason why I, it keeps coming up to me is because when I read books like Naval's book, The Almanac of Naval, when I read books like that, it, there are always these passages that come out where they say, stop playing the money game, stop playing the social game, stop playing the wealth game, exit out of games and live. And, and when I when I read those things, it's it's almost like I'm reading it at this era of my life. However, at this era of my life, maybe I'm still meant to be playing the games I'm playing. Maybe the life that I'm aspiring to, it, it, I feel like it's a conflict between where I currently am and where I want to be. And I'm trying to be the future version of Vin while still being the present version of Vin. And, and the conclusion I've come into in my mind is that don't rush this phase of life. It's okay for you to be here right now. And maybe when you're in your 50s or maybe when you're in your late 40s, you will exit out of those games. And maybe the only way for me, this is my own advice to me, maybe the only way for me to exit out of these games is to have played it. I think it's really difficult to convince someone not to play a game at all and skip a level and go, hey, it's not about the nice cars, not about the nice house, not about the nice clothes, not about the fancy jewelry. Just skip it. I just have this inkling that as human beings, we have to go through each and every single damn level. And we, we can't just learn it. We have to live through it. I mean, in my own kind of ramblings in my mind, that's kind of what's coming up for me is that, hey, it's okay. Allow yourself to enjoy it. Don't become a douchebag in the process. Don't excessively do it. That's the only way I learn, brother. I only learn through experience. I can't learn through, yeah, but Warren Buffett said this, but Naval said that. I can't do it. I'm not that kind of learner. I need to, I need to enjoy it. I need to live through it. I need to have it and then go, ah, I don't really want it. I, I, that's who I am, right? That's how I learn. Well, just when you were speaking about that, mm. like just habit formation and like the book, The Power of Habit came up. When you were talking, mm-hmm. because like at the end of the day, I think reward is a pretty big part of the cycle. You know, like yeah. just as human beings, like, and I loved how you spoke about in the context of games, because at their base level, a lot of these things that we're doing, they're games, right? Like they're projects, mm. they're games, they're, they've got an endpoint. And if you have to wake up, and part of your game is I have to wake up at two in the morning to deliver this session. <laughs> And, you know, you have to do that for five days straight or you have to do it for 10 days straight. And it's not something that you'd be like, oh, yeah, like I'd 100% want to be doing this right now, you know, if I had (laughs) had my time again. I think the reward component is the thing that gives you the energy and the resource Mm -hmm. allocation that, all right, I'm now going to invest my time and energy into this. Mm -hmm. right? Because without that reward component sometimes, it's, again, it's a lot harder to take those actions that we need to take. So, yeah, and that just might be one of the things where when you think about material things, for example, 
you might mm. feel like, okay, well, that's the weaker part of me. It's not being the virtuous Naval part where it's all just internally driven and I'm just mm. like floating around enjoying the journey <laughs> in a flow state, doing all that. Because life doesn't really work like that. Like sometimes you just yeah, yeah, yeah. at the end of it yeah. <laughs> and do the shit that you need to do. Or like, you know, like I would mm. love to just be like, oh, in every moment I'm just sitting there meditating and it's all just like the smoothest thing ever. But sometimes it's like, no, nah, fuck, I've just got to get out of it and just mm. get it done. You know, I'm like, there isn't yeah, any yeah. time to breathe through it or to journal on it or to do those things. So you can have ambitions of how you want to, how you want to navigate the journey. And maybe 80% of the time, 60% of the time, 90% of the time, you'll hit that level of standard that you want to hit. But then other times, maybe you just need well, it, to reward yourself with a nice dinner, a latte and a brand new car, you know, like it's just <laughs> one of those things where it's like, you know, just to get through that month or that little sprint, that's mm, what I needed mm. to do. And now I'm going to enjoy the shit out of this thing because uh, yeah. More and more. I just, just realized that it, life's messy, man. You know, it's, it's messy mess. and it's okay. It's so-, it's so messy and it's okay. But but as human beings, we have this, this ultimate desire for things to fit exactly. And I've got to live perfectly and this and that. It's just like, oh man, it's not true. None of it is real. No one knows what they're doing. No one does. And that's why I'm so, I love this conversation that we're having right now because it's so easy when you see me in a glimpse, when people see you at a glimpse, it's so easy to, 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 it's an illusion when, when we think that all these people are living these perfect lives that are just so righteous and so enlightened. And it's like, no, no, I've, I've, got, I've got my demons. I've got things that – I've got addictions. I've got things that kind of, oh, I want to get this. I want to get that. Oh, I want to – you know, and it's just – yeah, it's just kind of keeping them in check. But then at the same time, allowing yourself to enjoy a little far out. If you're only going to live this ride once, yep. enjoy it a bit. Right, but then don't go overboard because anytime you do anything overboard, it becomes gross. Right, it becomes too much. Yeah, don't drown. Just don't drown. Find your way to swim back up to shore, and so you can play again. And yeah, I loved what you said before around like trying to fit everything in. That's actually been a pretty recurring part of my review. Is like one of the things Mm, that I wrote down that really stood out was there's some really awesome puzzle pieces here, but then sometimes not fitting in as part of the bigger puzzle, right? And just getting more comfortable with that, where sometimes mm. you'll have elements where it's like, all right, I've got tick, 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 that's great, but then bang, there's a couple of big crosses here and they're not really fitting in. And it can it can ruin the quality of like the whole experience, right? So it's also knowing that it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to mm. flow like that. It's, never, it's very rarely going to play out how you want it. And, you know, I think that's just a big part of life, right? Like if you think about the position that we're at at the moment and like I look back now, like these are things that I think we're both probably dreaming about for six, eight years that are, and there's elements of that that are coming into fruition right now. But mm. it's hilarious though if you look at it like on paper, we should be perfectly happy at all times every single day <laughs> because we achieved some of those things, right? But then the reality is, is that it's still very similar to what it was like two years ago, four years ago, eight years ago. It just has got mm. different elements to it. There's different situations that we're navigating. There's different, call it ups and downs. Like some of the ups have a different quality to them. Some of the downs have a different element to them and- 
I think that's one of the things that I'm just starting to accept more and more. And I think this is what, you know, like we're in our mid thirties. I think this is the beautiful thing when you see people that are like in their seventies and eighties and you just see them sitting there and they're like, I've kind of seen everything. I think that's one of the things that they've like just accepted is that there's fluctuations. Don't take it all too seriously. It'll kind of play out how it has to enjoy it as much as you can. And they just look really chilled out, you know, sitting on the garden bench, feeding the ducks because that's that stage of life that they're in. And I think if you think about our twenties, it was all about energy and forward movement and progression and playing that part of the game. Now I think we're getting a little bit more reflective. We probably understand ourselves a bit more and we have an idea of what we like, what we don't like and Mm. figuring that out. And who knows what the next phase is going to be. Like, I think it's just, you know, I'll go back to that thing mentioned earlier is now I'm getting, I'm trying to get better at just watching it all unfold. There's almost an element of surrendering to that, isn't it? Mm. Instead of trying to control it so much, you kind of give away some of that control and let it unfold. Picturing a fishing rod, you know, Mm. throw it out there. And then there's tension on the line. Then you have to let it go. Then you have to reel it. Like it's it's that mixture of both. It's like mm. surrendering. It's taking action. It's that combo. Because I've tried just the full surrender model. Like I remember reading that there was a book. I think it's yeah. I remember. I remember. There was at the start of the pandemic. You read that. Yeah, the the surrender experiment, right? Mm. And that was one of the things where it's like a framework around like full surrender, and you just kind of go mm. along with everything. And I'm like, yeah, there, there's I can't do that. That's good. Yeah, it was, t- yeah. <laughs> it was super tough, you know, because yeah, there's certain that. points where you're like, oh, if I, I should surrender here, but I really fundamentally don't believe that surrendering is the right option, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not that pot committed to this book. <laughs> um, and I don't want to deal with some of the flow on effects that are going to happen from that surrender. And I found that happening too. It's like on the few occasions where you did surrender, I'm like, oh, that was the worst decision ever. Like it's now led to like six other things that I'm now <laughs> locked into that I have to surrender to. Like this is a never ending cycle of surrendering. So I could just imagine yeah. Pewen telling me to do chores and I just surrender. Go, nah, nah, I'm surrendering. I'm out. Sorry, Pewen. <laughs> I've just got this new philosophy of surrendering. Oh. I'm surrendering. Yeah. I am not doing the chores. I love how you just flip that around when surrendering would actually be doing the chores. But no, it's like, not. No, it's not. Surrendering is I give up. I I'll just wave a white flag every time she wants me to do something. It was like, no, I've surrendered. Sorry. Out well, of I action. I kind of read it the other way. It was more like oh, you okay. want to do the chores. It's like you have to surrender to the oh, thing that you don't want to do. So I to- for me, surrendering clearly haven't like read doing that book. the chores. And then like I'd be sitting there like regretting it at that moment in time. And then it would lead to more chores. And then all of a sudden, like, that's all mm. your life is. is. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it's that mixture, right? Well, to me, it feels like that. That's kind of the model. It's like a mixture mm-hmm. of surrender and action and, yeah, that combination. You know, one, one thing you brought up before, the whole dreaming thing. I can tell you that this year I've definitely given myself a lot more permission to dream. And it's like what I did at the beginning of this year in January, I kind of wrote down, I mean, in my diary, I have on all my diaries, I have the words that Tim Ferriss says, and I've totally just kind of like taken it from him and used it all the time. But reality is negotiable. I love that. I love that little short sentence. And then I, at the beginning of this year as an exercise, I just wrote down, well, if reality is truly negotiable, what would you do? 
And because I've been trying to build my social media and everything for so long and build the online course and have it, you know, become more successful, et cetera, I kind of write, okay, well then if reality is truly negotiable this year, the way I'll approach it is I'm going to build a massive online following. I'm going to have a really fun online course and thousands and thousands of people are going to join it. And it's, it's kind of giving yourself that freedom just to play, just to be playful in the things you wrote down. And I wrote that at the beginning of my journal for this year. And not saying that just because you write it down, you're going to get it all because I've been trying for bloody 10 years and keeping that dream alive, keeping that playfulness alive, keeping that open mind, I think is so important far out because not that it will help you succeed, but it helps you continue to try. I think if I had to put it eloquently into words, having a positive mindset, being optimistic, allowing yourself to dream, keeping an open mind, all of these things don't guarantee you success. They just guarantee you show up and that you keep showing up and that you keep trying. That's what it guarantees, right? And this just happened to be one of the years where I showed up and it worked for me. You know, there are so many elements as to why it worked. However, the critical element was that I showed up again on year 10 and that I still gave myself permission to dream and that I still stayed optimistic, right? So that's, that's that's been a massive winner for me. I think there's a beautiful component of that too, you know, in terms of mm. dreaming, call it, or planning or strategy, and then also execution. But I think some people can over allocate on different sides, right? Like some people just are way too much in the dreamer part of it, and then they don't actually yeah, take yeah. any action. And then some people just take heaps and heaps of actions, but they don't really have a plan around it. And I think strategy, like one of those formulas to call it success, you know, in quotation marks, I think is that combination of both where Mm. it's like that element. And and I think one of the big ones, especially in today's world is people probably just don't allocate much time to get into a headspace where you can have that moment just to dream a little bit. And I think a lot of Mm. people are so scared of dreaming too, because of the fear of failure when that dream doesn't eventuate. And I think that's one of the things that I've learned just now looking back over a five, 10 year horizon is like, sometimes I'd have like these dreams and these visions and it'll be like, all right, in the next 12 months, I'm going to achieve this. Right. Mm. And then you'd look back at the 12 month period and you'd feel a little bit like a failure because you haven't. And then what I started realizing is that sometimes with bigger things, you might have a 12 month intention or a six month intention, but it might actually take two or three years for that thing to actually eventuate if it's something that Mm. you want to do. And then now when you look back over a five, 10 year period, I see things that were written in like, you know, a little dot point written in 2016. <laughs> and then that's been ticked off in like 2022. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well that, that one had a six year lag. You know, it wasn't that high a priority. It was in that airy fairy stage, but then through a series of whatever actions and circumstances and luck or whatever, it's like, it got ticked off here. Some had like a three year lag. Some had a two year lag. Some are still sitting there waiting. And I think having that, giving yourself nearly the freedom off the, yeah, like keep them there and keep a log of these things too because they're pretty cool to look back on. Because funnily enough, when you actually achieve that dot point, usually by mm. the time you achieve it, it doesn't feel as amazing as what you thought it was <laughs> when you envisioned yeah. it that long. Like if I had have achieved it in three months or six months and it had come early, maybe it would feel a little bit different. But then mm. usually when you achieve something like four years later, you usually pass that dream a little bit too. But yeah. it's very, very cool though to like look back and it nearly be like shit, predicted the future on this one where, and 
Yeah, I think it's just that nice combination. Uh, and I love what you just said there. It's showing up because you get compound interest on showing up. Like the areas where you consistently are taking action and allocating quality time, energy, actions, money, th- those investment, uh, we touch back on that. It it usually ends up in something. It reminds me of the quote, we overestimate what we can do in 12 months and underestimate what we can do in 12 years. Yeah. And I think that that's very relevant to what you're saying because we want things quickly now so that, and it's, and it's crazy, man. I mean, some of the shorts that I've been seeing on YouTube, uh, these are the thumbnails, right? It's a, it's a kid who's 18 who drives a Lamborghini and the, the, the thumbnail message is, how I became a millionaire when I was 15, right? It's that there's this obsession with fast, you know, whereas, whereas greatness is achieved through slow, (laughs) you know, and, and I think one thing to keep in mind as you're dreaming is just remember that the timeline is much longer. You can dream the most ridiculous dream you're allowed to. It's just, that doesn't happen in 12 months though. It happens in 12 years. And, 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 it, and it stops that overwhelm from coming about where you're like, oh, far out. I'm not going to be able to achieve this. No, but if you wanted to be a millionaire, you probably could do it in 12 years. It's very reasonable that you're able to do that in 12 years. It's very realistic. Heck, I would say you're not even dreaming enough if you only want to make a million dollars in 12 years. Right, I think also, and and those types of goals sometimes they have like nearly dangers to them too, right? Like when people are like I want to be famous, I want to be a millionaire, because it's not actually about any of the action; it's just wanting mm. an outcome that you've seen somewhere. You know, like it's yeah, that's right. Speaking about this, it's like I wanted to just be a famous musician. You know, and I think it was in mm. uh, Mark Manson's book. What was it called? Yeah, the yeah. Subtle art of not giving an f. And he's like, I just wanted to be the musician. I wanted to be on tour. I wanted to be famous. But then the reality was I actually wasn't playing any music. Like if you actually broke down my year, I wasn't writing music. I wasn't playing music. I wasn't practicing. So it's like mm. all I wanted was really the outcome rather than the actual thing. So it's nearly like knowing what do these things actually mean to you? Like, why do you want to be a millionaire? Or like, what does that actually mean to you? Like, what, what does that look like? What are you willing to trade for that as well? And I think a lot of it's around like nearly like true honesty with yourself, you know, when you have dreams and these visions, it's like, because I think, I don't know if you're the same, but maybe there's like, if I think about a 10 year horizon, there's maybe two, three really big dreams that are likely to get achieved. Maybe five, if lucky for some, maybe it's one, some, maybe it's zero, depending on how big and grand it is. But you only get a few of these. Mm. every five to 10 years that are of huge significance. So it's like, how are you going to approach that and allocate it? And I think the big one is, is like, what are you realistically willing to give up for it? Like how far, Mm. because the funny things with dreams and I love, this is why I think I love the alchemist so much because it's such a great story that when you have a big dream, you're going to also get the biggest forms of resistance on that journey, Mm. right? Otherwise big dreams would be achieved. They'd be handed out at the milk bar. And they wouldn't have that level of depth, right? There wouldn't be a great story narrative when somebody achieves something, you know, like a big dream. Like I'm just watching the World Cup and you watch Messi, final, Lionel Messi finally winning um, the World Cup after, I think, 
16, 18 years of trying to approach his big Everest. He could never get that final win of the World Cup. He achieved so much. Everyone's like one of the greatest of all time, but it was that, that was the thing that was eluding him. And then you see him like achieve it. And I think it's already become the most like Instagram post of all time. You really? Know, so many people relate to that. It's like they see somebody that's mm. on that path of greatness with one of the biggest dreams that was always out of reach and then achieving it on one of the biggest stages. And I think it's like as a global event, it becomes nearly a tip your hat moment where whether you like him or not, or you're not a fan or whatever, I think it's just that appreciation of somebody just pursuing a grand dream, you know, and he was willing to trade for it, right? Yeah, I mean, imagine the sacrifices he had to make. And the pressure, the doubt, yeah. the judgment, the criticism, the weight of nations on you, the, mm. you know, the comparisons that you're never going to be as good as these guys. But all of that happening with the biggest microphone and on the most public stage with the biggest sport. I think it's, you know, it's sports are cool in that way that, they allow people to see the completion of dreams met and then also dreams not achieved. The arena provides that and it shares that story with the audience, which is cool. Well, on that topic, it's that it, it's the realization with the, the relationship between sacrifice and success. And at, there's a point there's a point where, you know, you want this level of success, then you've got to sacrifice this much. You want more success and you've got to sacrifice more. And at some point, you've got to have to make the call to stop. Otherwise, again, you see this, you see this often. Some people just keep sacrificing and then at the end, they're left with nothing. And it seems like they have everything in terms of maybe business success or career with their sports or that, 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 there is, I feel like there is an optimal point. There is that optimal point. As, and, and for everyone, that optimal point is different, right? And you've just got to be sensitive to it. You've got to be, again, like, that's why reflection is so important. You've got to reflect on the last year. Hey, was I comfortable with that level of sacrifice? Or was it a bit too much, right? And it's just, it's a constant balancing act. And if you don't reflect and review, the balance will be out of whack one year. And if you don't, review and reflect again, it'll be more out of whack. And then after 20 years of that, you can find yourself in a horrible place because you've been out of balance for the last, God knows, you've been out of balance for the last decade. That's why I think this process where we review and reflect, I think it's probably one of the most powerful tools we have. Whether it's for communication, I mean, heck, if you don't even review the way you communicate and you don't watch yourself back from time to time, then you've got no idea how you come across let alone reflecting your life. And, and I think the process of us doing this, me going, oh, I feel like I'm being a little more materialistic this year. I've got to be careful and I keep a check on that. If I didn't say that, if I didn't review that, then maybe next year I'm going to be outrageous and I do stupid stuff with my money, right? So to me, it's just that constant review and constant reflection. Hey, am I on track? Am I off track? All right, let's adjust this. Let's adjust that. It just allows us to, stay on the rails and it's it's hard to put a tangible value on it but even when i Here reflect on our friendship you know it's one of the coolest things that i think we do for each other over, yeah over that period of time it's like we can come to a conversation kind of lay it out there 
And it's similar mm. to what everyone gets on this podcast where we have <laughs> relatively unfiltered thoughts. They're often messy. Mm. And then we just yeah. kind of try to figure them out, right? But then mm. when we catch up outside of that, sometimes we'll do that over a 12-hour period. Yeah, or I know. Three-day period. And <laughs> jam on nearly one topic until it's completely mm. noodled out from so many yeah. different angles. And it's got like, call it its core element of truth behind it. You know, it'll be like, hey, bro, I think this is actually it. And then we'll always end up being like, oh, yeah, you're right. And, then yeah, yeah. and I think that like, you know, again, when you talk about intangible ROI on certain things, for me, when I look back over that five to eight year period, I think mm. that's something that's been just super valuable in terms of having a platform or having relationships or having an environment where you can just jam on things. And I know Chantal was telling me about this as well. She's like, when I speak to Danielle, who's her best friend, she's like, I speak to her and I lay things out there and we have conversations and, you know, we have conversations about you guys, like her, our husbands, and we have conversations about life and that's where we nut it all out so that when mm. we actually come home, you know, some of those things don't need to actually be said to you guys. You don't, you don't have to see that part because it might not, be the nicest thing. It might not be helpful. It might not be stuff that you can actually use. It might be hurtful, but we get to actually process all those bits and pieces. So it allows us to go forward. And I think finding these types of relationships, no matter what stage of life you're in, that's something that's really worth investing in where you have some safe spaces just to review, to explore, to throw out random thoughts without anything. And I think even that's where therapy is really cool or like coaching, mm. you know, I know we yeah. don't really do too much of this stuff and we're not experts in it, but that's- Well, that's what we do for each other. Well, we do it. Yeah. We, we do it like I think each other and it, it's probably like for us, we're fortunate in the fact that we know so much about what's going on in each other's lives that I think we can also diagnose and find other levels of depth, but even like, yeah. Like just speaking to a stranger, like a therapist, just about things where you can just release it off your chest. You're always mm. gonna unlock a couple of gold bits of yeah, gold nuggets. I, I feel what we're doing there is seeking clarity and gaining clarity. And and it's always clear until it's not, right? It, it, life is a, a bottle of water with sand in it and it gets muddy and it gets muggy and you can't see anything. And I think in those moments where we sit together and we talk, and that's the crazy thing about what we do, brother. And I'm excited to do it again early January. But we will talk literally. We'll sit in one spot, probably not that great for us. But we sit in one spot. And we can talk for like 15, 16 hours. And I feel what we're doing there is we're talking up thoughts and emotions that are messy, conflicted, confusing. And through talking about it to you and a couple of other of my best mates, we start to see things from a different perspective. We start to have people question us on this and on that. And what happens is the dust after a while starts to settle. And then we get clouded. We're like, ah, oh, that's what it's about. you know. And then in those moments, once we gain that clarity, we can make better decisions. Whereas I find that when you don't have friends or you don't have relationships or, or even ther a therapist, when you don't have a way to be able to gain clarity and you're making decisions from something that's really messy and, and you know, there's, there's sand all over the place, there's mud everywhere and you can't even see, that's when we make incorrect decisions. You know, and, and I find that that's, that's such a powerful, that's such a powerful, 
it's, it's such a privilege to be able to have that, you know. And and also, I've got to say that too. We we invest in that. We invest a lot in that time, energy, and money, right? We invest a lot in that, and that's why we have that. Whereas, you know, and if you're listening to this and you don't have that currently, it's okay. I didn't have it at one point in my life, but start to prioritize that. Start to invest in that. It's true. I think it's it's an important thing to have, and I'm very grateful for you, Ali. You're, you're one of uh, very important people in my life, and I really appreciate you always just helping me talk things out and gain clarity and move through life and and work out life together. You know, it's it's nice to not feel like I'm alone in this life trying to work out how everything works. I've I've got best friends and great people around me where we we navigate it together. Yep, no, it's special. No, it's really cool, and I think. Again, I, I love that longer-term horizon reflections as well because that's where you then start seeing other patterns, you know. And I'm a big fan now about this longer-term, like, compound interest on things mm. like relationships or moves made or decisions made. And, you know, like, we always laugh. It's like, how cool is it? Like, if we never connected that day, all of these things might not have played out. You know, those sliding doors moments when you then look back and it's like, yeah, it's cool. Like there's five, six, probably five to seven people. When I now look back over the last 10 years, it's like, I, mm. you didn't do this. or you didn't come into my life at this point. The whole picture looks so different. Mm. You know, they're just the ones that I could think of. There's probably more that you don't see that you didn't reflect on, you know, correctly or provide because it's really hard to know what the connection points were, but from the ones that you can have a gut feel guess on, it, it's pretty amazing and people, decisions, environments, choices we make, like some of the trade-offs, that's kind of what forms this game of life a little bit. I I think I've created my own unique quote. Oh, hello. Yeah, hello. World, world exclusive. This yeah, world exclusive release. Of, yeah, here we go, here we go. Yeah, here we go, here we go. It's it's uh, it's based off a it's based off a classic, and the classic is uh, one stone, two birds. Okay, so it's based off this. Whereas I've also thought about no, no, that, that's that's not the quote. Come on, that's not the quote. I mean, that's a classic, right? That's a common one we use in our society. Whereas I've now come up with one stone, the entire flock is dead. There you go. Okay, so now now hear me out. Hear me out. Because I've always loved that quote and I say it a lot in my life because I love going, hey, that's a great, that's a great decision because again, it's a one stone, two birds move. I love that. Yeah. Whereas I've started looking at decisions in my life as one stone and an entire flock is dead type moves. And that's been a really cool <laughs> metaphor in my head because, for example, one of the things I really wanted to do this year was get an office. But getting an office is really just a benefit for me, really. It's a place for me to be creative. It's a place for me to have my own private space, et cetera. And I've been umming and ahhing because it's just a it's a one stone, one bird move. And I'm like, oh, I don't really like those. I don't, I want things that compound. And then Pei Wen and I, Pei Wen brought this idea to me where she's like, hey, why don't we get an Airbnb? We get an investment property, but then you could use that as your office. It can be your creative space. It can be an investment. We can Airbnb it. We can enjoy that as a family whenever we want. That could also be a place for Xander to stay in the future if he decides to go to university or wants to do education in the city. 
then we have a car park in the city so we can go into the car park you know all like and there was just these range of benefits i was like wow that's a that's a one stone flock dead move i love that so then that that's become a part of my vocab and 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 i've made a few of those decisions this year and it just feels great when you can make one decision but there are multiple parties that benefit and there's multiple benefits from it yeah so i i, I yeah just more conscious of that and, and want to make more one stone flock dead moves in 2023 yeah <laughs> i like it yeah, I think there's another one, uh, a little spin on that. If you don't resonate with the one stone dead bird analogy, it's um the key domino. You know, like what's the key <laughs> domino here that if you just push that well, one that's domino, not unique. it kind of looks after. <laughs> that's not unique. I've heard of that before. I, I think it's good, bro. No, I like it. It's um it's yeah. solid. No, but but the actual example that <laughs> supports the quote, very powerful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh so, gosh, that's a, yeah. yeah. And any yeah. other any other kind of big ones for you this year? Yeah, well, I think one of the you know as we kind of get closer to wrapping it up, even though we could speak all day. Like, what's just been a couple of the highlights for you this year? The number of mini retirements I've taken with my family. Yeah. Oh, and honestly, bro, when I reflect on this year, there have been some really hard times. We've had some challenges in the family. However, I feel like this has been my best year of life so far. And one of the main reasons why it's been one of my best years of life is because of the number of memorable moments and mini retirements I've taken with my family. You know, I this year I've gone camping four times. I've done three road trips that were each two to three weeks long. I've gone to Malaysia to spend time with my father-in-law gone to Singapore on like a food trip, you know, and, and I've been able to just have so many memorable moments. And I felt like this year is the first year I've truly lived. Whereas when I look at my previous years of life, I can almost tell you about those years based on the work that I've done, what I've been able to achieve with my business and work. I, I cannot tell you about how I lived because I don't remember. Right. Whereas this is one of the first years where I feel like, wow, man, I've lived well, you know, and it just feels good to be able to say that. And, and you know what the crazy part is? I've lived well. And this has probably been the biggest year I've had period in business as well. Mm. So it's like the whole idea that I had in my, my head behind, oh, you know, I, 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 if, if I work less, my business will suffer as a result. It's completely untrue. Because one of the little things I wrote down is that as I've made myself less available, my time has become more valuable. Super weird. Super weird. So it's, it's one of those things where I, I definitely am going to continue it next year in terms of making time and space for life and getting good at living as well as becoming a better business owner and better entrepreneur, better teacher, better coach. It, it's... Yeah, learning how to live more too. How about for you? Yeah, funnily enough, it, it's cliche, but it's probably similar. Like I think this year I made a really conscious investment to invest a lot more into the boys. You know, mm. just, you know, that sort of, like we spoke about it probably on a podcast a year or two ago, but, you know, just creating special memories for the kids. Yeah. And that became Same. a pretty big focus. You know, so we were lucky, like we had, 
a holiday house for parts of this year where we got to spend time, you know, shooting hoops, going down to the beach, doing mm. those types of things. Um, we did the trip to the World Cup with Marcel. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. We had a couple of like weeks just in COVID isolation where we were forced, stuck together, but there were some of the most special memories where, you know, just getting that one, two weeks together that without too much distraction have been really memorable, you know, and yeah, I think that that's probably been a pretty big one. And then I think, you know, one of the things that I remember writing down is that one of the core things that I really resonate with, it's like being a pilgrim and exploring <laughs> the world. So I think just being able to have the opportunity to travel a little bit um, has been awesome. And just connecting with a variety of people this year. Mm. Um, you know, it's one of the things that I'm really grateful for just, you know, with the platform that we have and also with Future Golf where just – yeah, the, the opportunities that it provides in terms of being able to build relationships and also just connect with people that are doing amazing things. I think I definitely do resonate with that. I love speaking to people that uh, are masters of their craft or that are artists or that are passionate about what they do or great communicators and connectors. And I think just having time, you know, with more of those, like, there was this cool sort of moment where we had this golf tournament a few months ago and, you know, it's like a, they're called a pro-am golf tournament where you get to play with a professional and then you also play with amateurs as well. So it's, it's kind of cool with golf. That's one of the few sports where you actually get to do that. So we were playing and we had a couple of spots for this tournament because we were sponsoring it. And a few days before it was struggling to get, you know, find somebody that can commit a couple of days to get down to this thing and then fortunately you know cricket's a pretty pretty big sport in australia for those that are listening they, they won't really know who these people are if they're tuning in from the us or from well from other parts of the world but in australia cricket's probably what one of the top two three sports that we have over here and so one of our members who also went to high school with when i was younger glenn maxwell he got knocked out of the world cup which was being played for cricket so then we sent out a message and um he was able to come in and fill that spot and then we're sitting there in the morning and we're about to tee off and it was cool that he was there. It was probably one of the bigger names that were there. And I was like, oh yeah, that's gonna be fun, you know, get out there and play. And then he's like, oh Rick's Rick's caddying. And I'm like, who's Rick? And then we get down to the first tee and Rick's Ricky Ponting, who's probably one of the all time greatest cricketers. Like I remember having his posters up on my wall when I was a kid and um just one of the all time greats. And he's sitting there holding one of the pros bags and walking around. It was just one of these like pinch me moments where it's like what are we doing wow. here? Like it's it's a Thursday <laughs> afternoon, like playing cricket with somebody who's one of my kids' idols that he wow. watches YouTube off all the time. And then, you know, spending four or five hours out on a golf course doing something that we love, you know, with one of the legends of the game and like just having a chat and spending time. I'm like, that's a pretty cool thing. And I remember speaking to Jeremy and I'm like, this is weird, mate. Like this is mm. like an, you know, another one of those things like an eight year journey. And it's like, this is one of the random events that takes place. So just reflecting on those things, like just seeing things sort of come together and just, yeah. He, he would have been so disappointed if I was there because I would have had no idea who he was. Yeah. I don't watch sports, but bro, that's amazing. You know, I think it's, it's so nice to be able to take a moment to reflect on the incredible life you've built, you know? And I think we, we, we sometimes, we're really hard on ourselves by default. It's really easy to be super hard on ourselves by default. And it's just nice to be able to hear you acknowledge 
the incredible life you've created for yourself through Future Golf and the business you've built. That's cool, man, because I've seen behind the scenes. I know how hard it is. It's not easy. You know, building building a life that you currently have, that is freaking hard. It's hard and it takes time. It takes persistence and and you've earned it and it's beautiful to see you enjoy it, you know, and it's 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 beautiful to see when someone's sitting there in disbelief about the life that they've been able to create for themselves. That's beautiful. That is so beautiful to be able to sit and listen to, you know, it's amazing. I'm so happy for you. And it's weird, right? Like it's, it's one of those things where I think it also comes with like an element of like imposter syndrome and guilt at times. Like, I'm not sure if you feel it the same, but like sometimes you'll sit there and like, you know, I remember those times this year where like I'd share something and I'm like, this just feels like a bit weird or a bit shit, you know? And I think it's even finding that contrast between mm. like knowing that, all right, there's, there's some cool things that happen and that's awesome. But then to me, you know, when you talk about the materialistic side, to me, it's nearly like that from an experiential side where I'm like, mm. I'm getting too drawn in or attached to these types of experiences and the grandness of them. And I think it's nearly coming back to just the simplicity of life because it's, it's also hard. Like I think sometimes when you experience those things, it'll be different for different people like that disbelief. And it's like, okay, well it's not really sustainable because those things mm. might happen once a year, once every five years, once every three years, it might never happen. So it's like, you can't then hitch your happiness to them either, you know? And, yeah. and it comes with things like perception and, you know, it change it can sometimes change how people interact as well. And it's like, I don't know that there's complexities and probably similar for you as your following increases. So it's nearly like having an appreciation of it, trying to have a healthy relationship with it all. Mm. Um, trying to find that groundedness as well. But I mean, I've, I've been practicing 2022. Like it's, it's been epic. I think for both of us on, so many levels. And then, as you said, so many challenges as well behind the scenes that probably navigated too. It's like any year. I think, (laughs) I think it's like any year. There's good, there's bad, there's ugly, there's great. And I think, I think the beauty of it is that there's generally all four in terms of there's good, there's great, there's ugly and there's terrible. Right. So is this, there's always four, there's always all four. There's always all four. And Instead of trying to control the ocean and control the waves, just get good at surfing. You know, just get just get good at being able to surf and just get good at riding it. Because there's rides that are fun, and there's rides that are not fun, and you're screaming and you're crying the whole way. But you know what? It's it's also about the people you have around you, so that you can celebrate the wins with, so that you can cry with. So to me, if I was to take something away from all that we've spoken about, as messy as it all was, it's the connections that I have, the people that I have, that I can love, that I have the opportunity to love and the people who love me. You know, I'm going to continue to invest in you, in the people that I love all around me. And hopefully you invest in me. And, you know, it's, I think that's what stands out to me as I sit here and and talk to you is I'm just reflecting upon all the beautiful relationships that I have in my life, you know, because that at the end of the day, I feel is what it's all about. And that's what's made 2022 freaking amazing is the connection, the people and the love. Mm. 
Beautiful. Yeah. Any uh, any parting things from you? I think it's just yeah, just a big thank you to everyone who's been listening over the last year. I think we we probably only did about eight. I think we do about about eight to ten episodes every year. That's kind of yeah. Out yeah, so. For everyone that asks us uh, to do them more regularly, unfortunately, we prioritize <laughs> our time. And this is about as reliable as that we get is with periodic yeah. releases of this. <laughs> you know, it's I've loved again. Just you know, it's one of the things where this has just been such a joy, just doing this and you know, yeah. getting to share this space with you, and also just appreciative that you know. To me, this feels like this always feels like your world where you welcome me into it. So it's been awesome, you know going through that journey with you and obviously it's because of this podcast like if you think about two things that coincide with your social media following it's this podcast being released <laughs> and then your following increasing it's none of the other moves that, no, that you use. it's all you bro <laughs> not, not your team that have been like sharing all your content editing it yeah. out there and yeah 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 you building a content bank over 10 years so like just just taking unreasonable levels of credit as we wrap out this year. But I think it's been, it's been one of the cool things. And, you know, I know that this is one of the things that we'll look back on in 10 years time. And it's always going to be special just to see, you know, like a time capsule of mad ramblings as we just fumbled through life. So that's been amazing. And to everyone out there listening, it's like, thanks for listening. I I want to end this. I want to end. Uh, I want to end 2022 this podcast on, and I'd love you to share a message too. But the message that I want to share, and it just kind of come to me while I was listening to you talk. But I want to share this to Xander, and Xander, you're five right now, and you probably won't be able to comprehend the message that I have for you. But Xander, I love you. I love you so much, and a huge part of the reason why I'm doing this podcast is because I want you to have a collection of audios from me. And from your uncle Ali. So you can see that life is messy and and there's no perfect way to live, Xander. And you're going to have moments of happiness and moments of sadness and moments of excitement and moments of boring. And that's what life is, Xander. It's all over the place. It's messy as hell. And the most important thing, Xander, is that you have people around you you can love and people around you that love you. Invest in relationships, invest in friendships, invest in connection. And just know that you're going to be all right, regardless of what you're going through. You're going to be okay because you have many, many podcasts to listen to. You'll never be bored. But this is, this is just my message to you to remind you of what's most important in life and it's connection with the people around you. you know, just work through it. It's not perfect. It's messy as hell. Don't feel bad when it gets messy. It's okay. I love you. Beautiful. That's- How about you? Mate, some for your boys. Come on. Give me some for your boys. Give me some for your boys. Come on. Marcel and Romeo, give me some for them. Come on. I know this is very uncomfortable for you, but a huge reason why we're doing this as well, bro, is for our kids, man. So Absolutely. give them a message, man. From 2022, Ali Tarai. Xander, you're five. And I want you to know that I love you. <laughs> See, this is what you boys get living with a clown. Come on, give me some for myself, Romeo. Can't just voice over it and then you no, just put no, Romeo and Marcel no, into your no. message. That was a- no, we can't. Give me some for no, Romeo and Marcel. Come on, I think give me some to Marcel and Romeo. I think 
the message that I have for you boys is just be yourselves, you know, like be the truest version of who you are. And, you know, and I think if you do listen to this podcast when you're old enough to understand what's going on, I hope you realize that, you know, your uncle Vin and your dad, we gave it a fair crack to kind of live a very true version of who we were, you know, and we, we committed to that and, Hopefully that's one of the examples that we can share with you both that, you know, if you sort of stay true to who you are and keep exploring that and just accepting that and pursuing, you know, it sounds cliche, your dreams and who you want to become, um, that's a pretty cool way to live life, I think. And as Vin mentioned, it's going to be messy. It's never going to be a smooth ride, but... Um, the more that you understand about what sort of drives you, who you are, who you want to become, how you want to live, how you want to impact others, how you want to connect with others. Uh, it's hopefully something pretty special in that. And I'll continue to keep trying being an example of that to the best of my ability. Oh, what a great way to end the final podcast for 2022. Xander, myself, Romeo, and to any future kids that I have, <laughs> I love what Uncle Ali just said. Live your best life, the truest version of yourself. Oh, and it's all about connection. Thank you, my friends. Thank you to all our – we have at least 50 listeners now. So thank you to all of our, our listeners for, for, for joining us in sporadically here and there throughout 2022. We wish you a wonderful festive season and a happy new year. We'll see you all on the other side. Hi, hello, it's Vin. Thank you so much for listening to the Vin and Ali show. We've created something that we're really excited about and we want to share it with you. It's called Recalibrate. It's a 12-step process that helps you create more clarity and more alignment in your life. It's the exact approach that both Ali and I have been using to live happier lives and to achieve all of our wildest dreams in the last seven years. It's been crazy. Being one of our loyal listeners, we wanted to share a special something with you. Visit recalibrate.online forward slash Vin and Ali to access the course for 70% off. I hope you will check it out.